And I'm back with one of my best buddies in the hunting world, Mr. Noel Gandy, here at our favorite haunt, the Buck Snort. But there's many branches. We won't tell you which one. But uh, <laughs> it's one of them. And I'm hurting just as much as I normally do after eating at the Buck Snort. Uh, this time I branched out. I didn't go with the normal swamp donkey. I went with the uh, uh, moose. Went with the moose burger. Um, Dad, what did you have? I had the swamp donkey. Swamp donkey. Is that your new favorite uh, big buck term? I think so. You know, I like brisket. I like tater tots, so it just made too much sense. Yeah, I went with the, went with the swamp donkey there. And uh, my dad loves clever terminology that's highly sarcastic and a little bit, uh, um, I don't know, maybe maybe makes people uh, double do a double check on what was just sit on what was just said and so swamp donkey definitely fits an alan boucher term i would say yeah i was impressed you're impressed good good and then noel you uh what'd you go with today i'm looking at the menu right now before i say i want to say what you ate okay All that right. sounds good which kit is <clears throat> i'm a healthy boy no i'm just i know that many of your listeners probably have not ever like seen you yeah you are a Midwestern man. <laughs> like, tall, just broad, hardworking, like, giant hands, kind of just man's man. This dude eats the moose burger, so these aren't just clever names. It's as big as a moose. So, two one-third pound patties, American and Swiss cheese, because we're for all the people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> two pieces of bacon, which apparently were not enough. Two fried eggs. There are two with, eggs on there? Holy cow. <laughs> topped with special moose sauce. That's right. And, uh, like, I'm impressed because not only did you eat it all, like, you were done before everybody. That's true. And so I went non-typical burger. Uh, the patty, pulled pork, a mozzarella cheese stick. Those mozzie sticks on there Because I'm classy. And what, I'm can, you, can you describe what was on the swamp donkey just so people well, know? Well, swamp donkey, here we go. Let's see. <coughs> Third pound patty, the brisket, American cheese, onion ring, barbecue sauce. Yes, sir. Thank you. Here at the Bucksnore, of which there are many locations. So you're not going to know. We're not probably gonna be, not at the one you're thinking of. That's right. Definitely not at that one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if I'm down in this neck of the woods, it's because I'm doing something with hunting at. Uh, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, so, Dad, you're here with us today because we did our kind of our third annual turkey trip, uh, father-son-grandson trip. What would you think? Well, I enjoyed myself because, yes, it's, uh, you know, the, the goal to, to shoot a turkey, and we haven't done that in the three years we've been <laughs> yeah, going right. here. But that's okay because it's so much more than that. We always take a hike and look at all the things of nature you know when we're done hunting and uh we enjoy the fellowship of driving down the road and talking and and uh, we get a motel the night before so uh, it's just more than just the the hunt itself and i really enjoy that and just being uh being around uh my son and grandson yeah yeah it's a special time for sure and uh you know we cram all three of us into one blind and we got it down to a system normally it's a lot of like scooting around like whoa and the whole, you know, the whole blind is like rocking back and forth. But uh, Jonas is laughing. He's like, "Yeah, this is a, this is a, 
Chinese fire drill, yeah, as we jo- call it. Jonas is laughing because he found out today there's enough room to stand up and uh, take a whiz in the blind. <laughs> and uh, he also found out that uh, urine runs downhill. So, <laughs> so uh, we, we, uh, we had all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the blind, but we did have uh, – and maybe we'll do another uh, – full-length episode on on the turkey hunt so i won't spoil too much but it was a it was a great time it's a great tradition but we're down here near uh, my good buddy Knowles, and uh i keep forgetting to bring you the hat the master's hat that i had my brother pick up for you when he was there last year living your dream i know it i uh, you did at, well at least this I did have a conjugal visit via FaceTime the other day. That's with right. With the hat. <laughs> with the hat. Where I was right. able to at least see it. Proof of life. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, here's the hat I keep forgetting to bring you. <laughs> no, at this point, I'm just going to mail it to you because I think that's the only way you're going to get it. But uh, you're still putting in for the Masters tickets every year? Every year for 15 years. And wow. uh, one day I'm going to get them. Probably, though, this, like, this is just how God works uh, to keep me humble. Probably will win them one year and then like have some massive event going on yes. that week that I can't get out of. I'm I'm totally looking forward to that happening. Just <laughs> the the eternal optimist in me. That's right. Murphy's law. Murphy's law. No, you played golf in college, didn't you? Did you do a little bit of golf? I knocked him around a little bit. I, yeah, I knocked him around a little bit. Junior college, you know. Made it to uh it's funny you say that because I was looking through some old photos uh this morning and saw a picture of the hat that was gifted to me as part of just a gift basket from the uh, junior college national championship that I was invited to play in in, wow. in Lake Chautauqua, New York. Wow. Division three, by the way, not Division two nor Still, one, JC. J- J- uh, <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, there were 119 to somewhere in that neighborhood. 100, 119 sticks out, but maybe like 125 competitors. I think I I broke the hundred mark. There you go. As far as like top one hundred, but it was like ninety nine at best, <laughs> if, if at all. But yeah, it's it's fun. I I don't play much anymore. Yeah. A little bit here and there, just recreationally. Yeah, yeah. When you're not hunting, right? Well, it kind of falls in, uh, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, the, it's the like dog days of summer. <laughs> the dog days of summer. I hate being hot. Yes. So that's. I'm I'm not playing for that. Yeah, right. Thank goodness turkey and deer are not super hot. I wouldn't do them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the same way. Get me out of the heat. I'd much prefer uh, the cooler weather. And we had perfect weather uh, this morning. Yep. Uh, when we were when we were turkey hunting, but no, oh, it's cool that you were you were a, you know multi talented man. So it's fun always talking about stuff other than hunting with Noel. He's got good perspective. But today we're here to give you a pick and bones episode. So it's Tuesday. And uh, this one is, so you might be like, hey, you just had Noel on the podcast. You're right. Had him on the podcast on uh, uh, last Friday. And so this will be the Tuesday, next Tuesday episode. And uh, we're going to do a topic on what has hunting taught you. So either in your vast years of hunting, and we're going to have five voices on this one. We're going to start passing some mics around. We're going to get Jonas and Charlie in on this one. But just kind of in general state what has hunting taught you so you want to go first Noel? nope <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding i was thinking through this past hunting season mate marked my 30th year of deer hunting wow killed my first buck when i was six years old in mississippi 
uh, spike, spike wow. buck. And uh, you, thankfully, you texted me and said, hey, look, this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and I, I jokingly said, like joking, not joking, said that, like, honestly, if I have to take a deep dive into it, I, I don't know how much positive about myself that I could say honey yeah. has taught me. It has shown me that I can be uh, uh, selfish and greedy. It's taught me that I can be driven for uh, things other than uh, positive things sometimes. And uh, I think a lot of us will probably could say that uh, about ourselves. But at the same time, one of the things that I've enjoyed so much about hunting, one is just how much I truly, truly appreciate the creator as much as yeah. creation. Yep. The, the sheer fact that you can go on a frosty November morning and watch the whitetail woods wake up. Mm-hmm. And you can see nature, like, doing its thing. I, I was uh, on November 7th this past year friend of mine and I were hunting a little farm and there's a creek ditch and a family of raccoons came out of this uh just this creek bed and they were climbing a tree and a, a doe walks in underneath that same tree and she's looking up like literally nose to nose with a raccoon we have wow. it all on video it was such a neat deal but just like we didn't shoot a deer that day yeah but I that's what I remember about November 7th was just nature yeah. doing its thing and I've learned that I could just as easily invest too much time in creation. Mm -hmm. However, I've tried not to neglect creator through that. So seeing, yeah. seeing the Lord through all of that, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of taught me to appreciate sure. just how intricate the world is that we live in. Yep. Well uh, said. Otherwise, you know, generic things, patience and like, no, it's not taught me that at all. It's taught me that I am very impatient. Yeah, it and reveals those things. Persistence, maybe, <laughs> because we, just we talked about the other day, I am i don't know if I'm tough enough or dumb enough to chase the same deer for three years, you know. Yeah. I, may, maybe I'm dumb. <laughs> maybe I'm dumb. Uh, listening listening in on some of your, uh, your podcasts here recently, I was thinking through the uh, – the one actually man i wish i'd have been on it too i'd have <laughs> talked way too long about the doing it for the gram yeah. podcast we just talked yep. about a little bit ago like i think that that is not just for everybody else like all of us can probably find ourselves if we're if we're not in it for pure and yeah uh, and humble reasons <laughs> yeah that's that's and a uh good point. It's, it's easy to do to try to uh, promote self over the game yeah, yeah. So I've learned about myself that I can easily um, be attracted to that. Uh, not notoriety. That's not the right word, but like the attaboys. Yep. And so I've learned that about myself, thankfully, and try to guard that. Yeah. And so I think that that's just good for life, like a life thing. Like if I can't handle it with a deer can i handle it with actual accolade yeah that's true <laughs> and yeah. so it's something in life that i had to realize about myself and try to truly guard yeah well, that's that's all excellent points and and uh i think if every hunter who's tuning into this that's hunted you know for a reasonable amount of time considers everything noel said there 
you've probably had a lot of similar thoughts. You know, if you really dive deep and, and pick it apart from even the part where you were kind of joking, but telling the true thing, you know, it reveals selfishness and time spent on ourselves, all that, but also the other smaller lessons that make up the bigger picture too it's all all great yeah very good very good points dad what do you think what you've you've now gone on three turkey hunts now he's he's a uh he has to fit within the the state guidelines he's not allowed to participate in any way uh because he's um not a licensed hunter he's just there as an, a passive observer but he gets to be he gets to be right there and he gets to see it so dad after three years of that three turkeyless years what is what is or what have you learned about hunting or what has hunting taught you in those three years well i love the outdoors always have i camped out as a kid and ever since then and i love to hike and i love to just be in nature and outside doing anything from landscaping to camping and uh i've fished a lot over my life but one thing that i've never done is to hunt and I've never had a license. I've never owned a firearm. And uh, um, so my answer might be more unique than others. Uh, however, I don't have a bad attitude against hunting. In fact, I think hunting is just fine. I just really don't have much desire to do it myself. I've only been a spectator four times. I uh, went once with uh, my wife's cousins, and I've gone three times with Kent. But I'd even, say, I didn't even know that about you went with uh, Gene and Dean. Yes, yeah, really? on a deer hunt. Yeah, I just really? walked along with them. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, but it still taught me some things, and um, I think the main thing that it's taught me is uh, that we need hunting because our world, you know, with so many people, has created a lot of contradictory things in nature that sometimes allow one species to uh, dominate others and become too numerous, whether it's uh, too many fish in a lake or whether it's too many deer in a forest. And if we um, didn't allow hunting and didn't uh, participate in hunting, then some of these things would get way out of whack. Mm. And yes, nature does have a a phenomenal way of reestablishing balance, but only when we stay out of nature. You know, for example, I think Kent was saying the other day that um, the rac- the number of raccoons that are present now in America is just skyrocketing. Uh, and yeah. that would be fine to let nature take care of that by itself. Is But we put a, all put a garbage pail at the end of our driveways once a week. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, because of that, that, that contributes to the problem. And that's, there, there are many reasons for that. And so I think that hunting is necessary so that we can help restore balance. And I think it's very appropriate. And for all of us meat eaters, we can't uh, think that tracking down an animal and killing it is immoral, and yet we allow other animals to be killed in meat processing plants. You know, that's kind of an unfair uh, duplicity there. And so I, I just think that we need hunting. I'd say that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. Yeah, uh, very very well said. It's fun to hear you say that. And, uh, you know, since you have the mic right now, what would be – Give one or two of your uh, long-standing gripes that you've had that hunters have, have uh, spouted off through the years. I love hearing this stuff. Well, I would say the one that we talked about earlier, which is that 
uh, people who say, well, I hunt because it's a much cheaper way to get meat. You know, those grocery stores, well, it's $4 a pound. <laughs> and it's like, buddy, you know, $4 a pound is cheap by the time you count the the ball cap that you bought and the camo shirt and the camo pants and the camo boots and and then pay for all the tags and all the guns and all the uh you know the just all the travel arrangements and everything when yep. you add it all up it's about 75 dollars a pound <laughs> so uh so don't give me this business that it's cheaper to for the meat you know in the freezer yeah now the meat might be better quality it's uh you know going to be more healthful and that sort of thing but it's not going to be cheaper yep yep yeah, it's a, it's a great point, and uh, that's when I that's when I knew that's when I knew uh, no, Noel and my dad were gonna get along well. When I first interviewed Noel, he said the exact same thing, and I was like, "Oh man, Dad's gonna love hearing this." But uh, no, it's it's uh, it's so true. It's reality. It, it, it very much so is. All right, now we got uh, Charlie on the line here, the Doofus Slayer. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually saw a post from your dad the other day. You went down to Kansas and got yourself a real grand I turkey, did. right? What when was that? Is that a couple years ago? I think about maybe two or Yes, I two think years ago? Two okay. years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. So and uh, also shot wacky uh <laughs> keeping up with the Gandhi tradition of uh <laughs> tomorrow's giants today or whatever <laughs> shooting shooting tomorrow's giants today uh but uh no that i love that story because it shows what a good dad noel is uh so your dad uh let me get this straight you guys walked out and he said charlie you shoot any deer you want except for wacky yeah. wacky special he's gonna be he's gonna be a two hundy someday and uh you you uh saw wacky come out and uh, I think you guys waited, what, 20, 30 minutes, something like that. And no other deer showed up other than Wacky. And uh, Wacky got whacked. But yeah. uh, that's, a good, that's, a good, that's a good dad move there, letting you do it. But It, it would have been hard to let him go because about the whole time he was there, he was standing uh, about 15 yards in front of us. He had a death wish. <laughs> <laughs> He had, poor, poor Wacky had a death wish there. He was he was waiting around to get whacked. So uh, Charlie was happy to oblige. But Charlie, in your years of hunting, can you say something or a few things you've learned from it? Well, I will say, whenever I went out hunting my first time in Kansas, I went turkey hunting. Whenever I was about six or seven years old I thought it was a lot of fun whenever you went out there and you got a turkey after the first 15 minutes on the first day <laughs> I didn't have a lot of patience back then but now I've learned now that I've been getting older I've been having a lot more fun just being out there in nature, it's something else. Getting out there at 6 in the morning. We just went um, a couple of months ago, maybe one month ago, and went turkey hunting. And it, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life because awesome. it was fast and we <laughs> were we were army crawling up a hill and 
we were only a few yards away from the turkey. How's your dad do with his army crawling? Has he got a pretty good army crawl? (laughs) 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 Or is he barrel rolling back down the hill? (laughs) (laughs) More of the second one. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. That's good. Those are great answers. I've been having a lot of fun going out hunting with daddy. Now that I've been getting older, I mean... I've realized one day he won't be there to hold my hand while we're hunting. And I've just been having a lot of fun hanging out with him Mm. and getting out there and seeing nature. Even I've been having a lot of fun even if we don't kill anything in the first 15 minutes we go hunting. Yeah, that's that's good. Those are great answers. It makes me think of something that your dad uh, says as well. Charlie's here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> no, that's that, those are great answers, and uh, definitely, definitely uh, what a dad would like to hear. Especially the part about you starting to realize that there's more to it than just the whacking and stacking. It's the it's the being immersed in nature, enjoying God's creation, and and you know just seeing all the sights and sounds that you can't get anywhere else. You know, you imagine if you tried to replace hunting with uh vr goggles it wouldn't work you know what i mean and a lot of people think that virtual reality is like the new best form of entertainment and it it can't touch hunting though you know it it, it can't and i'm sure hunting is not the only thing that that applies to but but uh it, it definitely does in the case of hunting you got to be there you got to be immersed in it and enjoying all the sights sounds and smells of uh being there you know, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed today was just the freshness of the air. There's just a perfect breeze, an east breeze. When do you ever get an east breeze? Not when you need one. But <laughs> we got one we got one today and uh uh it was it was awesome. It was just perfect fresh air, nice and cool. And uh you you only get that from being there. So that was that was a awesome part of our experience today and it sounds like it's been for you too through the years, Charlie. All right, next we have my son, Jonas. Jonas has had an adventurous, very muddy. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to post the pictures of how muddy Jonas was from this, from today, but let's just say he <laughs> he, he wanted to be called the Swamp Donkey after today. <laughs> he learned the valuable lesson about how, uh, how um, stable pond mud is. And uh, he was in it up to his waist, and uh, then up to it, up to about his belly button and the stuff. So uh, we had to drag him out of the quicksand and uh, back up, up onto shore, with one shoe and the other one permanently embedded in a in that pond mud. But Jonas, you've gone hunting with me quite a few times now, right? Yeah. What all have you hunted with me? Deer and suds. And what did we hunt today? Turkey. That's right. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, you've you've uh, kind of followed along when I've done some pheasant hunting and quail hunting, right? Yeah. You've kind of followed along with that. So you've been around hunting pretty much your whole life, right? Yeah. It's been it's been something that you've watched on TV. There's videos of you using a vacuum cleaner hose as a uh, elk bugling tube, and uh, did, does an impressive elk bugle. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, we uh, we were driving through a big um, wildlife refuge that has a captive herd of uh, elk and bison 
couple weeks ago, and uh, we took a McDonald's cup or something or some kind of cup that we had, cut the bottom out of it and let him uh, bugle out the window to the elk, and they were definitely looking his way. It was the wrong season, They didn't of even run away. They didn't even <laughs> run away. Yeah, that kind of sounds like my turkey calls. I'm pretty excited when they don't run away. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you got to have the right call. We did today, though, didn't we? We had the right t- turkey call, just the wrong turkey. But we'll, we'll talk more about that later. Did you have fun hunting today? Yeah. Do you have fun when you go deer hunting and shed hunting? Yeah. Sometimes it gets a little long, though, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I think you've been dove hunting with me, too. You've done all kinds of hunting. Yeah. And in all your years of hunting, what have you learned about hunting? You can find sedge and hunt bucks. <laughs> hey, those are two good things to know. You can find sheds and you can hunt bucks. Yep, it's official. I have a genetic disorder of, of uh, being a shed head, and I've passed it on to my son. He's got the, he's or, got the bug. He's got the gene. <laughs> he's got the bug. Uh, but you, do you think you're going to hunt when you grow up someday? Yeah. What, what kind of things are you going to hunt? The same things I did. The same things that, that you already have? you going to hunt anything else? you going to go out west and hunt in the mountains or anything? Mm-hmm. What are you going to hunt out there? Moose. Moose. Ooh, that oh, sounds yeah. good. Anything else? Ooh, mountain goats. Mountain goats. Oh, man, he's a high-dollar guy. Better start saving. <laughs> yeah. What What else? Anything else you want to hunt? Bears. Bears? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Or anything else? I would like hunting doves. Doves? Yep, yeah. that's always fun, too. That's been it? a while. Yeah, we haven't you haven't done that in a while, have you? And uh, and uh, I want to tell you something. Oh yeah. I like playing with the little <gasps> decoys. The mojo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the thing that makes the little wings go round and round. That's like, right. I he like. does love playing with the dove decoys, especially the the mojo decoy. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's been great getting to show Jonas the ropes and create a second gen hunter in the family here and. Uh, Hopefully somebody that when he's my age will have so many years under his belt and so many different experiences that he'll be able to be a cold-blooded killer, maybe like almost as good as Heath Rayfield. I don't know if anybody gets that good. But, but uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to see you uh, run with it when you're older and go out and go on your own hunts. And, so, you know, someday you're going to be sitting in your own turkey blind. You're going to leave Grandpa and me in the other turkey blind, I think, and you're going to. You're, you're going to think you know where to find the birds better than we do. Yeah. You'll probably be right. You'll probably be like me. So my dad and brother took me hunting when I was little, like you. And the cool thing is now I live in a different state and uh, that they don't get to hunt very often. And now they come to my house and I get to take them hunting. Ooh. And that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, it, I, it is. <laughs> it really is special. You're right. Well... If you're going to move away from Daddy someday, make sure you move to, like, Alaska or Montana <laughs> or Wyoming. Well, or Wyoming, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I will move closely. You're going to move close to me? That's what I like to hear, buddy. Same. Same. <laughs> well, I know this is getting to be a longer episode for Picking Bones, but it's a special one. We've got a lot of people here that I care a whole lot about, and it's fun getting their voices on the podcast. And I figure I better wrap this one up saying what I've learned from hunting. What has hunting taught me? 
And I guess I'm going into, I think I might have officially kicked off my ninth season today, Noel. Wow. I think this is year number nine. That is it's, incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how fast that time's gone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Dad, you can weigh in on this. Um, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to hunt, and I had BB guns and pellet guns. and. Yeah, I think uh, the first time we knew Kent had some sort of a special relationship with guns was when he... Uh, turned his peanut butter and jelly sandwich into a gun i mean he <laughs> tore it apart in the shape of a gun because we really didn't have any guns in the house for him to play with at that point not because we were philosophically opposed to it we just never got around to it and so he uh, turned his peanut butter and jelly sandwich into a gun and because of that we knew that boy this is going to be uh, something else as he grows up and he didn't disappoint and it's always been special to him and always something that he's just naturally been drawn to and we were fine with that yeah, yeah, it's that's probably the best way to say it. It's something I've been naturally drawn to. And so through that, you know, when I got into hunting, I felt like it was something that was insurmountable almost, like the the depth of knowledge. Because you kind of grasp that when you play sports growing up. I played a lot of sports. And uh, one of the things that I noticed especially, like it, it would stand out a little bit in football, but if a kid really doesn't know what they're doing with football, you can shove them somewhere on the line, defensive line and just say, move forward, <laughs> you know, don't get pushed back. But in basketball, when a kid all of a sudden decided, I want to play basketball, and, you know, maybe they're in 10th grade or something, and they've never played before, and all these other kids have been playing since first grade, there's just so many – like things you have to know about basketball if you're going to be able to, you know, be effective on the court. And so that stood out to me. And, like, that created in my mind kind of the same thing for me. It was like, well, if if it's like that with people who want to try and play basketball, I've seen that happen. What is it going to be like when I want to try and hunt? You know what I mean? I'm not going to know. And, granted, I have a science background. I went to college and got a general science degree, and then I did a science education degree and took a lot more science classes. So I understood ecology and, you know, habitat and and the needs of different animals. But as far as, like, applying hunting to that, I had no idea. And so I guess what hunting has taught me is I would echo a lot of the same things that Noel did. Um, the My pre-hunting years, I built a lot of my life around sports. And I kind of started to realize that, hey, if I, if I continue to just be only – you know, if sports are my only hobby, I'm always going to be a spectator, right? And and I didn't like that. I wanted to be participating, and and I enjoyed sports, but I always knew it wasn't what totally made me tick, you know? And then when I started hunting, I learned a whole new side of myself, and I learned this is where I am at peace. This is where I can sit there and, like Noel said, take in God's creation, find rest within myself and also a place where I never felt as alive as I did while I was hunting and and that continues to this day all my senses are so much more heightened I care so much more about what's going on around me and uh, it just makes me a better person in general and uh, my coworker Nicholas said something very interesting after he went to so Nicholas doesn't hunt but he works in a business where we deal with hunters all the time And we set up a booth at Pheasant Fest to try and sell some seed. And we set up a (laughs) – there's Jonas slurping on his uh, Mountain Dew. (laughs) Great dad move, right? Uh, (laughs) He fell in a pond, people. i got to cheer him up. That's right. (laughs) But uh, uh, so Nicholas said, after going to Pheasant Fest in the Iowa Deer Classic, where we had 
uh, or ran a booth. He said, man, one thing I really uh, envy about hunters is they, they have a lot more confidence than the average person. But, and he said it, but, you know, not, so the difference between arrogance and confidence, right? Like sure. just they're sure of themselves. They're more sure of, they're more sure of the, their decision-making. And he just connected that to hunting. It's something I would have never thought of. And then I started thinking, it's like, you know what? That's true. Hunting has given me a lot more confidence in making, making uh, meaningful decisions and, and um, uh, you know, uh, testing my skills, taking risks, and all the things that I kind of struggled with before I started hunting. And so I guess to kind of sum it all up, hunting taught me about a new part of myself that I didn't I'd never tapped into before. You know, I got close doing, some, you know, fishing and especially trout fishing where you're, it's very similar to hunting. You know, you're targeting specific little pools. You're hiking in there. You're getting dirty. You're getting ripped up by thorns and everything. And But even still, it's not quite to the same thing that hunting is where you got you to gotta be perfect on so many things. And once you start getting things to work out like today, uh, we got the closest we've ever been to tagging a turkey today. And I told my dad, I was like, this is one of the greatest accomplishments that I've had while hunting. Uh, just getting to this point where we called a bird in, saw our decoy spread that we evidently set up right. We put the blind in a perfect spot. Plus, I had we had three people in one blind, one of which being an almost six-year-old, you know. And uh, we, we got close to doing that. And that builds confidence in your your decision making and uh you know just in things going forward and uh, but it also has taught me a lot that how much i don't know so if i ever start getting too too uh you know inflative of a view of myself or whatever you need to be humbled go out to the go out to the deer woods or the turkey woods and you will get that humble pie in a steaming hot slice <laughs> nothing will humble you quite like uh hunting if you right. think you're smart, you go hunt a turkey that you can't call in and then look at a YouTube video or an Instagram video of him pecking someone's <laughs> tires at their pickup truck or something. I mean, yeah. like, like, when you think you have it figured out, just remember that you don't. Yeah. That's right. Man, I love that. This confidence. That, that's awesome. Yeah. There's, Wasn't that a good observation that Nicholas made? This is what I think, because I, I could see that, man, and then the absolute extreme opposite. Like, if, yeah. if a group of hunters get together, it's like you don't want to be the guy who doesn't know what touchdown is in yeah, football at the Super right. Bowl party. So, <laughs> like, I can see both sides of it. And uh, But the confidence comes – like, we are all created with this, like, primal instinct inside of us to 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 gather and to hunt and to – take care of ourselves and there's something that was given to us by our lord we're we have dominion over wildlife i mean that's that's a biblical thing and whether you believe in the bible or not that's how it's set up yeah. and there's something about and you experience this now within the past nine years and you've gotten some deer and clearly dove and other things like to to know that if the world is at its worst i can still I have the skill set to be able to still provide for my family. Yeah. There, There's that little confidence built yes. in. And uh, you tend to look at things a lot more practically than you do. Uh, I shouldn't, I can't make a blanket statement for everyone, but for me, I tend to look at things way more practically yeah. and not panic 
as yeah, much right because i think of i think hunting's done that a lot yeah yeah that's very well said you said it better than i did that's a good way to I sum it up that but so <laughs> if you're listening to this uh just remember what we just talked about you know there's so many things you can learn from hunting all these are different examples and uh we hope that if you haven't given it a try yet yourself you do and uh, i guarantee you that if you could come on the next episode where we did part two of this and someday in the future or something, you'd have something yourself to share. But uh, before we wrap this one up, do remember the show is presented by Spartan Forge. I have been using Spartan Forge like crazy over the past uh, several days, uh, actually for work. Uh, there's all kinds of excellent features on Spartan Forge where you can uh, measure out specific areas on a map. You can find the exact acreage. Uh, that maybe you're looking to put in some CRP, a food plot, a bedding area. You can use Spartan Forge to map that out with the measurement tools, and it saves those on there. It's not like Google Earth where you accidentally click the wrong button and the whole thing disappears. All your hard work of putting like the 50 dots on there to outline the little area there. Yeah, Spartan Forge will take care of you on that. And then, of course, fast forward to deer season, which will be here before we know it. Uh, Spartan Forge is has the best version of a deer behavior uh, uh, prediction that I have found on the market and it's all based on radio collar data applied to your exact weather and and uh, uh, time of year circumstances that you're hunting in for your specific location so it's based on GPS and it's based on real data it's excellent and I have found it to be an incredibly valuable tool for helping me prioritize the best minutes to be in the stand so that we aren't as selfish, like Noel mentioned, uh, with our time. We get out there and uh, save our family some time as well. So make sure you get on board with Spartan Forge. It's a free download. So uh, you can go to the link in these show notes or in my link tree on my Instagram profile and uh, head over to Spartan Forge and uh, download your copy of the map. And then, uh, you know, you can buy the extra features that you need when you need them through that. And then also don't forget about East to West Hunts. East to West Hunts is one of the oldest sponsors on the show. Alex has been here helping me out for uh, three, four years now. I think we're going into year four here in uh, June for the podcast. Hard to believe uh, how fast that time's going. And uh, Alex has been there all along. And he's helped me already do my first Western hunt. He'll help me on my second one and the one after that and on into the future, I am sure, because there is not a better dude to plan those for you. Go over to eastwesthunts.com. Use the promo code FIRSTGEN10. You'll save yourself 10%. You can roll that extra money into a Spartan Forge uh, subscription service, or you can uh, spend that money somewhere else. Maybe you can get it to uh, uh, download or subscribe to My Outdoor TV and watch Noel, or uh, uh, pick up a... uh, cable subscription and uh see him on the when his uh episode is aired on national tv on the sportsman's channel coming up what month is that noel should be the last week of june first week of july that's coming up yeah that's coming up that's gonna be big time uh i might have to make another trip down here and jump in on a watch party with that or something i'm gonna invite myself i'll bring your hat i I think there'll be a big one I think there'll be a big one. Yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome. So uh, make sure you catch that. But thank you so much for everyone tuning in. You're the best part of the podcast. Please continue to reach out. Let me know what you think. And uh, give us that five-star review if you haven't done so yet. That, that's a big help in spreading the word on how this show has helped you. So we thank you so much again for tuning in. Until next time, everyone, take care and take someone hunting.